then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hey, hey, welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. It is Tuesday, April the 25th, about 8.15 a.m. Central Time. My apologies. Recording a little bit earlier this morning. I'm going out to take photos of some high school golf this morning. So needed to get out there to do that. Uh, I work for a couple of high school sites, shooting photos and doing some scouting and things like that. So it's enjoyable to to diversify. But anyway, long story short, uh, I got shit to do. So I'm getting this uh, recorded a little bit earlier today. Normally go at about 9 a.m. And it doesn't seem like there's a ton of... Uh, Questions and comments coming my way anyway. It's kind of a slower time of year, um, if there is such a thing anymore in college athletics. But um, that's kind of where we are right now. Spring practice ended on Saturday, as most of you know, and uh, got out there to check that out and froze my took us off uh, from the west, from the east stands where they uh, put the media, uh, they corral the media in the East stands during these things. They don't let us on the sidelines. It's probably an insurance uh, situation, although um, there are plenty of other people that are on the sideline. Uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Um, I actually, and I wrote about this, I came out feeling okay um, because I went in with expectations of not being able to analyze position by position based on injury, uh, particularly difficult on the offensive line. And if you have injuries on the offensive line, it's tough to evaluate the offense. Uh, similar, similarly on defense, uh, there were certain guys out, but the defense is also playing against an offense, which has been – uh, hit pretty hard on the offensive line and wide receiver. Uh, so that changes how you view it in a situation like that. I just came out feeling, um, you know, there was some, there were some signs in the running game that looked pretty good defensively. Obviously, I was very salty. Um, and uh, will be and should be strong again defensively. I don't see the, any way that won't happen again where I was. Really good defensively. Will it be better than it was last year? That's a high bar. 
Um, but I don't think there's going to be uh, much of a drop-off, if a drop-off at all, and it has the potential to be even better. Uh, but we'll see. You know, you lose Jack Campbell, you lose Seth Benson, you lose Rowley Moss, you lose Lucas Van Ness. Um, yes, Iowa does a really good job of reloading on defense, but that is a lot of talent. Uh, Kayvon Merriweather, that's a lot. So we'll see how these guys – but I came out feeling good about – when you look the depth at defensive tackle, when you have, you know, arguably your top three on the depth chart in Noah Shannon, Logan Lee, and Yahweh Black out with injury, uh, and you're able to plug in guys like Anto- uh, Ontario Thompson, uh, Jeremiah Pittman, uh, certainly Aaron Graves. I mean, Iowa is really deep at defensive tackle. Um Saw some things at defensive end that were nice to see, um, you know, in terms of uh, with Joe Evans being out, you know. And these are guys that really don't need to go through spring practice when you talk about Logan Lee, Joe Evans, uh, Noah Shannon. I, I think certainly Yahweh Black could benefit from some more reps. He's missed a lot of time. I say a lot. He's missed time here and there with injury. Um, but I think he's developing nicely and – who knows? Maybe he's an answer at offensive tackle down the road as well when we talk about how deep Iowa is at defensive tackle. Uh, Xavier Wonkpa looked really good. Uh, he's much bigger physically, looks like a college football player. He looked like a skinny kid last spring uh, when he graduated early out of Southeast Polk and came here and uh, then did an apprenticeship behind Merriweather uh, and got got – Reps on special team. Sorry, coffee sip. Going to need a lot of those. It's early this morning. Uh, Quarterback-wise, didn't get to see much from Cade McNamara. I got two viewings of Cade McNamara. Early in spring, we got a little bit, um, half an hour, maybe, something like that, uh, at an indoor, at the indoor facility, uh, just to take photos and get a look a little bit. Saw him then. Uh, then again, uh, on Saturday, he worked seven on seven and all the other drills. He just did not take part in the 11 and 11 stuff. Um, I really like his mechanics. He's really sound fundamentally when you watch him play footwork, release, just throwing motion. He looks the part, no doubt about, about it. Uh, you know, by all accounts, uh, this is an upgrade at quarterback. And uh, he he obviously has a Big Ten championship and a college football playoff uh, berth uh, on his resume. So you got to hope that, you know, that winning mentality, uh, that edge that he kind of has, that just confidence. You kind of been around him a couple times now, interview wise, been, you know, watched him play. He carries himself in a Drew Tate type manner. I threw that comp out there earlier, uh, but that's the best one I could come up with. A little bit of Bethard, too, just kind of that. Just kind of that dog in him, a little bit not, you know, a little bit undersized, I think, from the prototypical Iowa quarterback. When you look at Petrus and, uh, you know, Nate Stanley and, you know, you go back, Vandenberg, uh, bigger guys, right? Taller guys. uh, Even Rudock was a little bit bigger, I guess, but not as big as Stanley and and Petrus, certainly. But, um Behind that, I was a little bit surprised to hear Kirk Ferentz say that Deacon Hill was ahead of Joey Labus. 
my colleague on the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast, uh, which we recorded yesterday, uh, Monday, April the 24th, if you want to check out uh, more Hawk Talk and then our flagship podcast uh, with Pat Hardy. had Don Patterson on yesterday, former Iowa assistant, um, talking about the spring game as well. So we have a lot on the feed uh, here at Hawk Fanatic. If you're looking for Hawk Talk uh, to get you through this withdrawal the next few months uh, without much football to talk about, but back to the quarterbacks, you know, maybe Deacon Hill looked a little bit better on Saturday. Uh, Scott certainly saw it differently. He felt like Deacon Hill was clearly the better guy. Um, I saw some things from Labus. Uh, I don't think either guy uh, is a guy you want in there right now, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I think if something happened to Cade McNamara, that would be um, in football context catastrophic because I think there is a huge drop off. Um, I think Labus and Deacon Hill have potential. Um, I think Labus, uh, Moves better, uh, maybe a little more accurate, a um, little bit different type of quarterback. Um, Deacon Hill is bigger. He's more like uh, what you saw in Petrus and uh, Nate Stanley and such. Uh, strong arm, a little bit inaccurate. Uh, but again, really hard to evaluate these guys with what's going on at the offensive line and wide receiver position. So I think the coach's word for it. They've evaluated all those guys through 15 full practices. They have an idea of where it stands. And you would think Joe Labus has the edge from an experience standpoint um, in the Iowa system. Uh, but Deacon Hill was recruited by John Budmeyer when he was at Wisconsin. So there's a match there as well. And John Budmeyer is listed as analyst in, you know, the, the, on the Iowa roster website, what have you, he's the quarterback coach. If you watch practice, he's kind of, he is the quarterback coach. Brian does coach, you know, Brian's the offensive coordinator. So certainly he's involved, but it's a lot of John Budmeyer has a lot of input here, especially from the quarterback position. And I think, um, his vision and what he saw in Deacon Hill bringing him to Wisconsin, he sees here. It fits what he does. So be interesting to see. Um, you know, Joe Labus knows now he's the number three guy going into the summer with Mark um Marco Lanez coming in uh as a four-star quarterback from New Jersey. Uh be interesting to see if Labus decides to go. I think he probably stays. Um, and, and sees how this season plays out, maybe can graduate by that point. It'd be what his third year, I think. So a chance he could graduate if he plugs classes this summer and fall and maybe next spring, um, graduate, big graduate transfer, get a degree from Iowa. So coffee sip. That is certainly a possibility, but we'll see how that shakes out. I would expect and anticipate, um, potential guys going into the portal from Iowa. Um, I, I don't, not big on naming names, but when you get, if you just go through the roster and look at guys that are, you know, third year sophomores, fourth year juniors, fifth year seniors that have not played, don't appear on the depth chart, don't look like there's a path for playing time. They get to that, that point in their career where they're like, do we, do I stay and just ride this out at Iowa? Maybe there's an injury. Maybe something happens and I'm able to work my way up the depth chart. 
I'm just happy to be a part of this program. I'll help wherever I can. There are guys with that mindset, and then there are other guys uh, that are, okay, I've hit a wall here. Um, there's no chance for upward mobility uh, you know, on the depth chart or little chance. I don't like my odds, however you want to frame it. Time to look elsewhere. And n- 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 there's not a wrong decision there. It's up to each individual guy. And uh, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, I said, Tuesday, April the 25th. Um, th- important thing, I think, to remember about the transfer portal, I think uh, it's um, gets lost sometimes. The transfer portal windows, one that we're in right now that closes at the end of this month, I think it goes fifth the, from the 15th to the end of this month. Um, guys, that's the period where guys can go into the portal. But once they're in there, schools can continue to recruit them past the end of this month. I believe that's the rule. If I'm wrong on that, I apologize. But that was the rule I remember back in the winter, that when that portal window closed, you could still get guys in the portal. You don't have to wait again till the portal opens again to be able to come out of that. That would be kind of ridiculous. It would be like, all right, two weeks. You go in, two weeks for guys to go in the portal and come out. I think this is, I think we'll see some more in May of just, you know, instead of do, just cramming it in right now. Um, and, you know, the name that's, uh, I saw it pop up yesterday and quickly retweeted it because it would, made a lot of sense. Uh, AJ Henning, uh, wide receiver from Michigan who played with Eric All and Kate McNamara, uh, all Big Ten return man. Uh, hasn't done a ton at wide receiver. Michigan's been pretty deep at that position. Uh, he's been a really good return guy, but certainly I think a guy that could help Iowa. Um, you need bodies at receiver. This kid was a four or five star coming out of one of the Lincoln ways, uh, in suburban Chicago, uh, same high school as Adam Geddes, former Iowa NFL offensive lineman. Um, but AJ Henning is a guy I think that's on everybody's radar now and has a pause, you know, has a chance that Iowa, you know, could take a shot at him. He certainly has a relationship with McNamara and all. Uh, so that could help Iowa. Um, he was recruited by Iowa at a high school. So they have a relationship with him to that degree. So we'll see what happens there. I have some portal questions later. So I'll talk more about that then. Um, Big sweep for Iowa baseball over Nebraska. Kept them in the Big Ten race. Kept the postseason hopes or boosted the postseason hopes. Uh, when I say postseason, I mean NCAA tournament. Um, I think that's it in terms of just me rambling before I get into your questions. It's a good time now, though, to take a break. Uh, take a break right now. We'll come back with your questions and comments. So hang in there. I'm going to have some more coffee. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit Five Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at arisaic.com. 
Okay, we are back here. I'll jump into some of your questions, bring them up here. Let's see. We go back. A good time for the PSA. Um, my first question is from April 18th, which was about a week ago. Um, this probably came in from Jesse Lucier at Jesse underscore Lucier. Uh, I recorded on the 18th last week. This must have come in after I was done recording. Um, so PSA, hashtag HF mail, hashtag HF mail, anytime between the two podcasts, like if it's tomorrow, April 26th on Wednesday, and you're like, oh, I missed yesterday's podcast, um, but I want to get into next week's podcast, you can send the questions or comments anytime during the week using HF mail. I will pick it up on Twitter. I'll go pick up where I left off the previous week, jump back in, and that's what I've done here with Jesse. And he uh, has a, a screenshot here of the locations for the regionals uh for for women's basketball ncaa women's basketball tournament we know the first two rounds are on campus sites and this year they did i think it was seattle and one of the carolinas maybe i can't remember but they have only two regionals now they used to break them up into four like the men do but now they are in um just two regionals. So they bring, uh, what is it? Sweet 16. They bring eight. Yeah. Eight to each regional. Um, and Jesse was kind enough to screenshot the next three postseasons for the NCAA tournament. Um, eight locations. Okay. I didn't see eight locations for the women's tourney the next three years. These are weird locations for, sport trying to grow aren't they anyway iowa fans won't have a hard time getting to carver this year do you know how many season tickets are sold yeah these locations are a little strange uh next year will be albany new york and portland oregon 2025 will be birmingham and spokane and then 26 will be fort worth and sacramento um yeah interesting sites there i don't know how they came up with those but see if they those hold uh, in terms of uh, season tickets, this is what I got. I think this was information uh, um, that was out. When did this? This was from earlier this month. I think they halted women's basketball season tickets. So um, last season, according to the Des Moines Register, uh, Iowa sold 6,500 season tickets for women's basketball. Uh, earlier this month, before they started, they stopped selling uh, their requ request for um, an additional 6,700 seats. Um, so if you added last year's season tickets of 6,500 to the request of 6,700, you're talking about 13,200 tickets would be season ticket sales. Uh, that's almost sold out. Carver's a little bit over 15,000. Uh, so, yeah, that's why they stopped. Um, I think they were getting close to that 15,000 number. I don't know why you wouldn't just sell them out, um, but I think they want to take into consideration probably some corporate ticket sales, some students, uh, visiting teams, um, you know, different 
um, you know, alumni, things like that. They want to make sure they have extra seats there. But if you look at it that way, then most of the public season ticket sales are gone or season ticket or tickets allocated for the public are gone basically um, for the most part already sold. So that's amazing <laughs> when you think about um I first started covering Iowa women's basketball in 1997-98 season. And, man, thinking about that thing, you know, being sold out for women's basketball, I couldn't even imagine then when I saw those um, season tick, you know, when I saw the the crowds for those games. Uh, And even recent years when they used to bring the uh, curtains down in Carver to kind of make it look more full. Uh, cause they weren't selling the upper part of the arena. So they put the curtains around to kind of cut off that upper part of the arena. Um, and, uh, they don't have to do that anymore. So pretty amazing, pretty amazing what they've done. Uh, the Caitlin Clark effect. Um, they showed her the NBA tweeted out, uh, a photo of her, uh, at the T Wolves game the other night. So. Things are good. It's good to be an Iowa women's basketball player right now. So, um, yeah, season tickets are going well. Um, It's going to be a tough ticket next year. So if they do uh, resume selling season tickets, I would advise getting on them right away because they're not going to last very long, whatever's left. Another coffee sip here. Drake Timbers is back. What happened to the cat, Drake? Uh, a couple here from Drake Timbers. These are from April 19th, which was last Wednesday. Beneath goldfinches nestled in a leafy oak. And for those that are uninitiated to the Drake Timbers questions and or comments and streams of consciousness, uh, he's a little bit out there. So um, at least his Twitter uh, is a little bit uh, eccentric, I would say. Uh, if I could use that word, but beneath goldfinches nestled in a leafy oak, I cracked open a, uh, how do you pronounce that word? Goad and a, bu- and a bush light. Uh, I placed both halves at the entrance of a covered bridge, letting sunlight nourish the crystals until they glowed a radiant prairie rose pink. I saw Caleb Johnson leading Iowa to a 12 and 0 record. Big fan of Caleb Johnson, and tomorrow I will be publishing my running back post-spring position analysis. And uh, my analysis of Caleb Johnson is sky's the limit. Um, 12-0 and 0 might be a bit rich, um, but uh, especially the trip to Happy Valley State College. But uh, And Iowa State in there, and uh, I know it's Iowa State and lost a lot, all that stuff. But um, I would uh, – I would guess that Caleb Johnson stays healthy, offensive line produces more than it did last year, is, is you know sturdier than it was last year. He gets 1,000 pretty easily. He had almost 800 last year and uh, really didn't get – and a lot of that was buoyed by the, the game at Purdue where he had 200. But um, – it's going to be a more consistent output, I think, this year from him. And also, um, just his, the game will slow down for him some. Um, gotten some feedback that pretty much everything he did last year was just natural ability. Now that it, when he, once he has a better understanding of concepts, 
and the position itself, again, sky's the limit. And really liked what I saw from LaShawn Williams, Jazz Patterson, and Terrell Washington Jr. on Saturday as well. Iowa's very deep at running back, uh, very solid at that position. Position, obviously, we know that uh, injuries can hit quite a bit, so it's good to have that depth, and uh, I think Iowa is in good shape there. 12-0 is a bit rich for me, Drake, but I hope you're right. That would be fun to cover uh, another team with a 12 and 0 regular season like 2015. Drake Timbers back again. One Indian summer night driving my sweetheart from the city. We took gravel back roads lined with cornfields and hills, arriving at a hilltop cemetery overlooking our small town's country fair. Sweetie woke up and said, Ask the, that Rob Howe about Iowa women's basketball transfers. It's a good question. I've seen. Um, uh, the transfer from Stanford ended up at UCLA, I think. And then DePaul, there was a DePaul transfer. I can't remember where she ended up. And then um, suffice it to say that Iowa, the obvious need for Iowa in the portal is a big uh, Iowa women's basketball. And it looks like those players have chosen other places, but we'll see. Um, I think, the Iowa women's basketball team is very uh, uh, selective here and is looking, certainly looking. Um, and if it finds the right fit, both from a player and a um, chemistry standpoint, I think they take the shot. But I would not be surprised if Iowa, if the Iowa women just stand pat. Um you know, with the with the freshmen coming in and the kids they have coming back. Um, but it would be nice uh, to add another piece in the portal. An experience big, I think, would be helpful. But uh, I think O'Grady can take another step forward this next year. Um, and there are some other younger bigs that may have that chance. And certainly uh, Hannah is, you know, uh, looks like somebody who's ready to to take the next step next year. So, Pretty good shape there, I think. Uh, let's see. Got a couple here from Dan Brockett. Actually, there's a couple here from Drake Timbers. We'll finish up with him. Um, was Petrus coaching the offensive line, and how did he look? He looks thinner. Uh, he looks like he's lost some weight. I think he bulked up to play quarterback in Iowa. Um but he was. He was working with the offensive line and the quarterbacks, and a lot of that is based on play calling. Um, you know, and what plays you want. He was helping kind of with that, you know, um, network, if you will, of communication between everybody on the offense. And the offensive line communication is really important. And he had some guys in there that were at different positions or um, younger guys, guys that are still trying to, you know, uh, master the system, so to speak. So it's nice to have him be able to work with the offensive line and let them know what the quarterback is seeing uh, from his, through his eyes. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, I think Spencer would be an outstanding coach. He is a uh, super high football IQ guy, um, understands the game, certainly understands Iowa's offense concepts, things like that. So uh, it was good to see him out there. I'm glad he's still involved. And uh, wish nothing but the best for Spencer, super person, 
uh, really good guy, uh, and was, un- I think, unfairly uh, lambasted uh, by too much of the fan base in Iowa. And uh, bad look, but whatever. <laughs> People are going to do what they they want to do, and and obviously the quarterback is uh, is uh, an easy target, so to speak. So. Uh, let's see here. Another one from Drake Timbers, and then we're done with him. Uh, not that we don't love you, Drake, but, uh, get some questions from other folks. Again, you guys can ask, you know, 10 questions if you want. I'll get to what I can, uh, and appreciate everybody who contributes to the podcast. Uh, thoughts on Deacon Hill. And if there's an afterlife, does that mean that consciousness could exist and has existed without a human body? Does the U.S. Department of Defense need to figure out how to transfer memories to the next reality? Uh, the the non-football questions, I'll let ruminate for you guys, and you guys can ponder. Uh, as I said before, I apologize, I didn't see your question. Um, I like Deacon Hill. Super strong arm. Nice kid. Uh, moves pretty well for a big guy. He looks like an offensive lineman playing quarterback at times. He's <laughs> a really big kid. Coffee set, but um, yeah, strong arm. Looks like he has an idea of what he's doing out there. I liked what I saw from him in both practices. Uh, the first one I saw, he was really inaccurate, a uh, little bit more accurate the other day. But again, we're dealing with you know the context of moving parts uh, on the offensive line and that wide receiver. Two spots you hope stabilize by August going into the season critical that those positions uh, be upgraded over last year. You can't just upgrade quarterback. Uh, that that That's not going to work unless you get just a <laughs> an incredible quarterback who's just – and that's not to take anything away from Hill or McNamara. It's just if you don't have an offensive line of receivers, your, your quarterback would have to be just insanely good to be able to have a successful offense. So – Appreciate those questions, Drake. A couple here from Dan Brockett. These are from April 22nd, which I think was over the weekend. Why hasn't there been more reporting disclaimer that I have seen about players suffering long COVID? I vaguely heard it hit the Iowa O-line room hard and derailed some careers. It must be the same elsewhere. Have players requested privacy on this one? Or is this a thing where HIPAA protects them by default so that the media doesn't even have a place to start digging? Yeah, the HIPAA is going to uh, protect them, and it should. Um, and that's really, to take a step back for a second, just from myself, Dan, I'm not big on reporting injuries. If I will report that a guy's hurt um, and out with an injury, if somebody tells me specifically what the injury is, I will add that to it. But I don't dig a lot for that, and I don't – I mean, it's personal. It's it's often can be very mentally draining for these guys, um, dealing with injuries, trying to recover from injuries. There's so much there that I don't think they really need the public knowing what's going on. If they want to, that's fine. I mean, if Justice Sullivan uh, – wants to come out and talk about having long COVID ending his career um, certainly would be an interesting story, but that's got to be up to him. And I know you're not, I'm not saying that you're wanting this information, but that's really why it's not reported. Um, Plus I think part of it is just the, the political uh, um, war 
political battle that's become of COVID. Um, it still goes on now. Uh, and I think it's kind of a taboo topic for some people. Um, so that probably plays into it as well. Um, it's probably very debilitating for an athlete, especially who's worked his whole life or her whole life to get to this level, to be derailed by that. It's just got to be crushing um, or could be crushing, I should say. So, yeah, I I try to stay away from getting too deep on injuries beyond what people offer. Um, I'll often just say, you know, how are you feeling? And let it go from there. Um, because I think that's a privacy thing for, for these guys and gals that, that play at, at Iowa. Um, and they are protected from HIPAA wise. Um, and that's kind of, you know, for all injuries, I think it should be that way. Um, there should be some privacy there. So kind of where I stand on that. Okay. We got about four more here. I'm going to take a break now and come back on the other side and finish up with those. Um, hear from a couple of our sponsors here uh, and be back on the other side. I did want to let folks know and slide this in here that uh, Ariza, Asia, Asian cuisine in Iowa City, uh, down in the uh, area of Highway 6, Highway 1 interchange, intersection, I should say, uh, in Iowa City. Ariza, Asian cuisine, a um, Sponsor of the podcast, sorry, got distracted there for a second. Uh, if you mention our podcast, Hawk Fanatic Podcast, uh, it could be the Mailbag Podcast, it could be the Hotspot, it could be the Flagship, it could be the Prospect Podcast. Probably best off just mentioning the Hawk Fanatic Podcast. You get 10% off your order anytime you go in there. So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, uh, Ariza, Asian Cuisine, Iowa City. Mention Hawk Fanatic Podcast, 10% off your order, uh, and we appreciate their support. All right, guys, going to step out here for a second, come back on the other side and finish up with your rest of the questions. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. And we are back at it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, one and all. Pop back in here, 44MLess at 44MLess on Twitter. Hi, Rob. Has there been any have there been any new developments between the collective and the athletic department? How do you see the relationship, if there is one, evolving over the next year or two? Does it improve, remain status quo, or get nasty over the issue of money? I wish I could predict that less. I, I really do. Uh, I don't see what the upside is of having an adversarial relationship there. Um, but there's a lot of things 
uh, that this athletic department has done under this leadership that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so your guess is as good as mine. I know that's not an answer you're probably looking for here. I think the collective is more than willing uh, to uh, abide by whatever uh, guidelines, rules, whatever term you want to use, the athletic department wants to to follow in terms of NIL. Um, I just think it, there needs to be a better relationship there. There needs to be a fluidity there. There needs to be continuity there. There needs to be a relationship there um, because this is super important. I think what helps is, is the collective has a good relationship with the coaches, uh, particularly – uh, Kirk Ferentz, Fran McCaffrey, and Lisa Bluter. I think so. The collective works with those programs individually on what they're looking for, what are the resources, things like that. I think it can work, but on a broader scale, to bring the money in, you you benefit from having support of the athletic department. That's what we've seen around the country. Iowa maybe can figure out how to do it a different way. But I think having uh, support, um, promotion, uh, and that doesn't have to be, hey, you know, advertising on the big board at Kinnick or um, that would certainly help or, or Carver and say, hey, donate to the NIL. The rub here is what we've talked about, you know, throughout this process, right? The athletic department wants donations to come into it to for you know, to have a budget to um, run an athletic department. They want as much as they can get. They also realize that to be successful on the field of play, court, whatever, you need to have the best student athletes, right? And part of that process right now, or part of building a roster, and it's becoming a bigger part, is the transfer portal and NIL. So you have to be able to support that too. And if the athletic department at Iowa is pushing back on that, it's going to make it difficult. So we'll see how this goes, Les. I don't really have an update for you on this. I know they're trying to work through this, and it is new. I mean, I want to give people at least that the benefit of the doubt that this is new and something they need to work through, um, but they need to work through it. They need to be better uh, at having a relationship with the collective and helping support the collective. And hopefully that's happening. Uh, I've not heard. Um, I know you can go back uh, on our, our Hawk Fanatic podcast feed here. Uh, Pat Hardy had uh, Brad Heinrich from the Swarm Collective on uh, his podcast recently. If you go back through our feed, it should you should be able to find it relatively easy without having to go back too far. And he can probably give you, I have not had a chance to listen to it, but he could give an update on uh, what's going on there. Uh, or he did give an update on, on what's going on there. And you can catch all that on the podcast. Um, another one from 44M last, any news on David Davikov? I know he's been injured, but was wondering if he's been back for practice and be ready to compete the spot this fall. As always, thanks for taking my questions. Thank you for asking them, Les. Appreciate you checking in. I do not have an update on him, and uh, I'm starting to get the feeling that we're here, we're going to have a situation where it's a medical, um, and that would be really a bummer, um, but he's just really having trouble getting back from these injuries. So um, 
I have not, I don't have an update for you that on that. I haven't heard anything from the spring. Um, it doesn't seem like his return is imminent. So um, I think if he comes back great, but you know, the young man's health is number one right now. It's a coffee sip in there. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with him. We wish him the best. And uh, it just seems like he's not really in the plan right now, but that could change, obviously. Uh, Kevin Melker at K Melker 91. How many new additions does Iowa football land in the spring portal? <laughs> the million dollar question, right, Kevin? It's a good one. Um, was in the press conference Saturday after the spring game, listening to Kirk Ferentz was asked about the transfer portal. Uh, he mentioned, uh, it, I don't know if he personally mentioned it or it was presented to him, uh, positions of need, which we all know are wide receiver, uh, possibly offensive line, possibly cornerback. Um, but I think you, I think Iowa should add two receivers. I mean, even if it doesn't work out, you've at least given yourself a chance uh, with some more depth at the position. I just, I, if I can't see them going into the fall without adding at least a wide receiver, possibly two. I think Iowa adds, I'm going to say three guys in the spring portal, uh, two receivers and a cornerback. That's my projection. Kevin, I don't know if that will come true, uh, but I think you get a couple receivers, a cornerback, and uh, you help your depth at two positions of need uh, where injuries certainly occur. Injuries occur all over the field, but we've seen it hit wide receiver, uh, cornerback uh, quite a bit, you know, in recent years. So uh, let, you know, you talk about Jamari Harris, Riley Moss missing time uh, two years ago. So, and then certainly wide receiver uh, has been, you know, the perpetual uh, mash unit injury report type thing. So thank you for the ke- uh, the question, Kevin. Uh, we'll finish up here with AP Hawkeye uh, at Andy Paul Rules. Good to hear from you, Andy. It's been a bit. Uh, maybe you asked last week and I don't remember. But um, with the NFL draft this week, I was curious to hear your thoughts on how many starters or contributors you need out of a draft class to be considered a sex to be a successful class. For example, if a team has 10 picks, I think they should have to hit on at least seven. So 70%, that's not a bad number. Um, I guess it would depend on um, the roster, you know, like um, what you need. I almost think like, Obviously, the the extreme example here, Andy, would be you know the quarterback. If you hit a quarterback in the first round, that that changes everything, right? It changes what you do at the other positions as well, um, or what what you need from the other positions. I should say as well. You obviously want to hit on as many as possible, but I almost think it's also um, imperative to hit on the positions that you need. Like if you need offensive line receiver and linebacker um, and you end up hitting on you miss on those picks early in the draft and end up hitting on, you know, a receiver, a safety and, you know, a tight end. How much did you help your team there? So I think there's context and relativity to this, but I like your general number of 70%. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, for it to be a success, successful class, you're probably asking the wrong person here too. As a Jets fan, I'm really I'm not I'm not a, a 
100% aware of what a successful draft class looks like. I'm hoping to see one this year. Uh, and I'm still kind of letting the Aaron Rodgers news just kind of settle into my brain a little bit and trying to uh, process that a little bit. Um, hopefully it works out. Um, it's it's a win now move. I don't think I I don't think the Jets are in a position to win now yet, um, which could create some unrest with. Uh, the new quarterback, but nobody wants to hear about that on this podcast. So I will uh, wallow in my jet misery by myself. But yeah, that's a good number, 70%. I think, um, what's there, seven rounds, maybe hit four to five of those, I would say. But a lot of it, again, is what are you hitting at the at, for your team and roster needs? I think that's an important part of this as well. So... I think that's it, folks. Let me do one more check here to make sure I haven't missed anybody. Nope. Andy was the last one in there, so appreciate him getting in. Appreciate everybody else who has asked questions, who did ask questions today. Really appreciate you and and all of our sponsors as well. Uh, Scott and I will be back on Thursday with the Hotspot Podcast to preview the NFL draft and any activity we have between now and then in the transfer portal. So come back for that. Check out Pat Hardy and the guys at KCJJ on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Those will be on your Hawk Fanatic feed as well, Talking Hawkeye Athletics. So plenty to uh, satisfy your Hawkeye listening needs on the Hawk Fanatic podcast feed. So check us out. Uh, hit Smash the uh, like and subscribe buttons, and we appreciate the support. So until we talk again, you guys be well. Peace. <laughs>